So let's pray and ask God's blessing. Father, we thank you for your provisions. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, uh, Jesus, that you uh, continue to pray uh, for us. You continually to intercede for us uh, before the Father. And we're accepted because of your work in spite of daily failings. And that, Lord, we're accepted in you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you uh, connect us to the electing grace of God through Jesus Christ and that, Lord, you're but one God, not three gods, but you're tripersonal. <clears throat> we don't understand, but we adore you, we praise you, we give you the glory. Uh, Lord, there's no one like you. There's no one like you. <clears throat> and we thank you for the privileges uh, that we have in him. So bless our time now. And, uh, Lord, uh, those who may hear the tape later, that, Lord, we all might be drawn to you. And, Lord, we realize that we uh, are your people and uh, the sheep of your pasture. So care for us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You have notes in your, uh, <clears throat> your uh, booklet there. I forget what page it is. I didn't write that down. <clears throat> I'm using uh, something smaller, some handwritten notes. <clears throat> There's some stories... <clears throat> that will probably help us to frame our kind of discussion, just to, as a mental uh, picture or, or an idea. Alice in Wonderland. Okay? <clears throat> Alice in Wonderland. You remember that story because things are strange and not what they seem to be. Okay? Everything is, is different, <clears throat> especially if you saw the cartoon version of that <clears throat> uh, It'll stick with you. Things are not what they seem in Wonderland. And so, so it is. Um, those of you who are young, is anybody as old as me? 72 or older? Just one or two people. So <clears throat> you young people they probably don't remember this, but uh, back in the 60s, things were, were really different. Sexually, otherwise, there was there was always the the gay agenda, but but it was different, and not that we're any better. It's actually worse today because of internet. You realize that uh, internet's addictive in a lot of ways, but particularly, I just be honest. You know, when I was a kid and you wanted to sin and get pornography, I mean, you had to work at it, right? Some guys are you know what? You had to sneak out of the house, <clears throat> you know, go buy it someplace where you felt kind of dirty just walking in the place, you know, and then sneak it back, you know, click, click, click. So there's a virtual reality out there, <clears throat> which is ugly. But Alice in Wonderland captures for us, things are not <clears throat> what they seem to be. A second one that's listed there for is the emperor's new clothes. Remember that? Uh, that story, it's a great story, right? <clears throat> Some charlatan comes in and talks to the king and says, King, I can make you this beautiful outfit. You will be the talk of everybody, right? And the guy is a ripoff artist, and he really has nothing. So he convinces the emperor to take off his clothes, and the emperor walks around buff naked, right? Nobody wants to upset the emperor because, you know, Emperors, you get killed for, you know, disagreeing with, right? Till the little boy goes, what's wrong with the emperor? He don't have any clothes on. <clears throat> okay. 
uh, we're the little boy because we're going, the culture has no clothes. <laughs> this is craziness. So I entitled this Gender Blending and Confusion. And they, they sort of capture for us. Things don't, they don't, aren't what they seem to be. <clears throat> and uh, if we stand up and say, you know, that's really wrong. That's the big sin in America right now, right? If you say, this is right and that's wrong, you are basically viewed as an Ayatollah Khomeini. You know, you are a cultural pariah because you believe that there's absolute truth. And that's one of the things in uh, in America can't understand. Communists and others, they they don't understand ISIS because people believe there's something worth dying for. Now, they're wrong. They've got the wrong God, the wrong idea, but they're serious. And I'll tell you, an incipient humanism that goes around and says a man can be a woman or a woman can be a man or whatever is never going to beat ISIS. Why? Because it's only the truth that can defeat a lack of truth. It's only the living God that can defeat Satan. So, uh, again, people will not like you for standing there and saying, this doesn't make sense. Today, uh, Western culture is on a bad acid trip, as I said in the first session. Everybody's really hallucinating out of their gourds. Okay? Uh, Facebook, <clears throat> I forget what, what are the options now on Facebook? At least you could use to your gender identity. It was up to almost 50. Okay, I can't even keep up with the letters. LGBTQ, XYZ, X. <clears throat> Happened in Canada. I think I heard that on the briefing as well, <clears throat> that there's a, a province in Canada <clears throat> where you have to teach the kids this, and the letters have become about 15 or 16 letters long. So we're confused. <clears throat> where do we start? S- simply think about this. Y- you've all experienced it. You know this. Where, where would you start? Where would you start? <clears throat> well, you start where I've had to start with some relatives, with others. You start with the word of God. Not obnoxiously or anything else. You say, look, this is a reality check. <clears throat> How do we understand this? And I want to say to you, <clears throat> it's not as confusing as it seems to be. Talking to someone at lunch. You know why? We are all identity confused. Amen? Yeah. When you are not a Christian, you don't know who you are, where you came from, where you're going. And that's where people are. So if you understand, <clears throat> I'm a sinner, I've been saved by grace. At one point, you were what? I don't know what you were whatever your background was, a false religion, no religion at all, whatever, self-worshipper, who, who knows, fill in the blank, okay? But one day, I hope this has happened, God's arrested you, stopped you dead in your track, and said, I'll use my name, Skip, nickname, where are you? Uh, did you eat of the tree I told you not to eat? Thank you. It's allergies. It may or may not go away. So, 
Did you eat of the tree I told you not to? Now, wait a minute. First of all, you know, <clears throat> this is the God of the Bible, not Bill Cosby's God, you know. Well, you know. God doesn't have amnesia. <clears throat> it's a rhetorical question. He knows the answer. He knows exactly where he is. Now, I'm told that ostriches do not actually put their head in the sand. Okay? But please, don't confuse me. You know, it's a great illustration. So please don't mess it up with the truth. No, I'm teasing. <clears throat> you know, uh, the, but the picture is what? The ostrich is what? Got his or her head down in the sand and what? It's big butt up in the air, right? Every predator in the world goes, there's an ostrich with, putting his head in it. But, but that's what we are as sinners. <clears throat> and to think that Adam and Eve thought that they could hide. I use this all the time in counseling. So it's in for free. <clears throat> Started early, wasn't it? <clears throat> Did you eat of the tree I told you not to? <clears throat> the woman that you gave me. <clears throat> now, what's wrong with that answer? It's true, isn't it? Right? Didn't God give Eve to him? He sure enough did, but that wasn't... The question that he asked, his question was, did you do what I told you not to? <clears throat> Which, of course, he had. And the woman, well, the serpent, he deceived me. Now, was that true? 100% true, 100% wrong. See how he can use the truth wrongly? Use it in counseling all the time, because I know you've experienced this. <clears throat> What's your problem? Him. <clears throat> What's your problem? Her. <clears throat> okay, so this is another one. I start almost every counseling with a couple that comes in with trouble. Matthew 7. Take the log out of your own eye. Uh, if you don't do that, we're not getting anywhere. <clears throat> so after, I'll tell you this, 45 years of ministry plus, guess what? This will shock you. I'm sure it'll shock you, but if I can save you 45 years of pain, you're not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Write that down. That's, that, that's usable. I am not the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> you didn't save yourself. <clears throat> you're not going to save anybody else. Okay, so we have people <clears throat> pointing. It's his fault. It's her fault. It's nobody's fault but me. So that if you understand your own identity as a sinner and that someday, one day, God had to intervene in your life, however he did it, and bring you up short and go, hey, you're not reflecting me. You're reflecting your father, the devil, who was a liar and murderer from the beginning. So where do we start to try and understand these crucial issues? It's really simple uh, compared to what we think. How do you counsel these? Jesus helps us. Amen? Turn your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew 19. <clears throat> now, again, Jesus is not arguing with the Pharisees on marriage, divorce, and remarriage, and he's arguing with the Sadducees about homosexuality. I realize that historically. But it's very intriguing. Anytime there was a controversy about marriage, okay, if I said marriage, 
with you, Princess Bride, you understand that. I actually started a wedding sermon off with that. All the kids laughed, and, and everybody else said, what's wrong with this guy? We have to understand, it was my daughter's wedding, and I married Joel Fitzpatrick, Elise's son, and they got me in a kilt. An Italian in a kilt. I had no one. I thought it was a skirt, you know. <clears throat> People were saying to me, what do you have under there? I say, it seemed Braveheart. Don't be asking. <laughs> so when you get a guy in a skirt, I mean, sorry, Scott, it's not a, it's a kilt, but, you know, like, I kind of went crazy, and I started the sermon that way. Okay, back to this. Matthew 19, Jesus Christ Every time there's a controversy about marriage and divorce and remarriage, he comes to this, uh, chapter 19, verses 3 through 12. The Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? Well, Jesus answered, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? Okay. And said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, why then did Moses command one? Uh, it's not a, a course on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. We could go into that. But he says to him, well, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and send her away? Now, Jesus corrects them because they did not understand Deuteronomy 24. He says, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Later, the disciples said to him, whoa, this is such the case of a man and his wife, it's better not to marry. He said to them, but not everybody or everyone can receive this saying, but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been born so from birth. There's physical uh, problems in a fallen world. And there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men. Ouch, we know what that is. And there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs, not physically, but for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let the one who is able to receive this, to receive this. So, beloved, when we face the gender issue, okay, or other issues of identity, it really comes down to the same issue. Has God said And are you willing to conform yourself to what God said and God doesn't change his mind? Or are you going to continue to be what? A sinful nutcase. Running around trying to make yourself something you are not. So you need to see, first main point, you need to see gender issues as a subset of a larger issue of identity in general. Right? Can you see that? Uh, Who are you? Why are you here? If you have a desire that is not God's desire for you, guess what? You are going to be miserable. 
Let's make a simple illustration. Who am I? I'm George Charles Scipione. I can give you my history. Okay. If I set my desire to be the next LeBron James, right, and play in the NBA, guess what? I am going to be miserable. I'll be broke, too, for that for sure. But the bottom line is, I'm old. I can't run and gun. Okay? Uh, my, my best man and I, uh, we were each other's best men, went to seminary. He, he's 6'10". He'd say to me, Skip, please stay out from under the basket, because even when you jump, you low bridge me. See, if I, if I say, I'm going to be this, it's ridiculous. Or it's like someone who has been paralyzed from birth, except for Jesus intervening. He's in a wheelchair. I'm going to run a marathon. These are unrealistic expectations. So, all, so think about this. All counseling involves what? Explicit, open, or implicit, a view of man humans, what's wrong, and how to fix it. Now, how did I get that in my head? I'll I'll tell you this. After getting saved in seminary, working with Jay Adams, I figured if I'm going to be critical of psychology, I need to do a graduate degree. So I went to Temple University in Philadelphia, where I'd gone to undergrad. I went back, and I took a master's in counseling. And uh, we walked into class one day into counseling psychology. It was very intriguing. The woman who taught the course was not a believer. Her mother was, from what I could uh, infer from talking to her. Mother went to a Baptist church. I think her mom was a real, genuine uh, believer. But the woman got up the first day in class and said this, you have a 10-page paper due next week. First of all, that was not real popular. But then she said, here's the paper. Who is man? What's wrong? And how do you fix it? Who's man? What's wrong? How do you fix it? Panic broke out in the class. Everybody's going, "Ah, ah, I I don't know. This is so hard. Who's man? And what's wrong? And how do you fix him? I'm going, dude, this is a piece of cake. Romans 1, 2, and 3. What's hard about this? Okay. So I'm just a new believer. You know, I'm excited about the Lord. So I write my paper. Who's man? The image of God. What's wrong? Sin. How do you fix it? Jesus. I put that in the paper. Somehow God blinded the teacher and I got a good grade, okay? Now, here's the design of the course, which I thought was brilliant, interesting. Then you would read all the textbooks. You would see the classic films of, you know, Albert Ellis and and Carl Rogers and you know, counseling the same woman in front of 500 psychologists. You know, you'd, you'd see all that stuff. And then at the end of the course, you'd write a paper. Guess what the paper was? Who is man? What's wrong? And how do you fix him? The whole design was, now that you've interacted with this, maybe you can come up with a, an idea that will help you as you go out to people. Just to tell you, I I did go up to her and says, I know what you're going to say. What? 
I'm going to get Romans 1, 2, and 3 again. <laughs> I said, you're a very intelligent woman. <laughs> Can I critique these people from a biblical perspective? She let me do that. Okay? Uh, but I've never forgotten that because that, just, that sums up biblical counseling or any other counseling. You have a view of who man is. If you're Freud, it's one, it's sexual you know, desires. If you're Carl Rogers, it's just you need to have warm, positive regard. And you, know, you get all kinds of different theories, but it's who is man, what's wrong, and how do you fix them? This is the nature of what? <clears throat> Psychology through all the ages. Yeah. Right? If you have a history of psychology course, let me clue you in, and you have a textbook, you know where it'll start? Anybody want to tell? Anybody have a course in, in psychology that studied history of psychology? Yeah, good, you've all been spared, okay. Uh, it was, uh, it starts with the Greek philosophers. And, and, and from Greek philosophy right on up to the 17, 1800s when empirical sciences started taking over. It was just, it was philosophy. So you step back and go, counseling is religious, right? It's religious. Whether a person's an atheist or not, it's religious. Why? Who is man? He's the image bearer of God. What's wrong? Sin, inherent sin and actual sin uh, carried out. How do we fix it? Regeneration and progressive sanctification, ending in glorification. When, praise the Lord, we won't be able to not only get sick, we won't be able to sin. That's something to really look forward to. Actually, the older you get, uh, you desire heaven, uh, but boy, one thing, you desire not sinning anymore. So, put it in modern terms, when we come to this identity issue, What's happened, uh, Peter Jones, again, I keep mentioning his name, look it up, truth, T-R-U-T-H, X, change. He's taken that from Romans 1. His whole thing is uh, basically oneism and twoism, as he sort of calls it now, okay? Oneism is what? All of reality is one, which comes from Eastern mysticism, uh, mysticism. So in other words, you're God, I'm God, we're all part of the Godhead, but these outward differences are maya, illusion, okay? So you have blonde hair, you have dark hair, okay? And uh, you're a woman, and Tim's a man, yeah, but those are just transitory surface differences. Underneath, you're basically what? Good, perfect, and the like. And the sooner you get over the differences... Okay? There's no differences. And uh, at root, I hope you can see that that's satanic. Why? Because what goes? There's no right or wrong. And we see that in America now in this identity. I am whoever I think I am, and you can't tell me otherwise. There's a classic one that's now, what, a half a year or a year old. Uh, one guy, I think he's Oriental or Chinese, he goes on campus at Oregon. Tim's nodding, so you've seen that, you know. Uh, uh, well, is it okay if I think I'm this? Okay, yeah, it won't hurt anybody. If you think, well, I'm seven feet tall. And the, and the guy goes, no, you're not. <laughs> so finally, he gets him to the point of saying, not, you know, there is a reality. You're not seven feet tall. Well, well if I want to say I'm a woman, well, and that's okay, why can't I say I'm seven feet tall? Because you're not, okay? And, and it's just to prove 
that young people today bathe in this. There's no distinctions between anybody for any grounds, okay? So there's, but there's God. We know from the Bible there's what? God, the triune living God, and everything else. Okay, so through the scriptures we have what? And you hear this even in secular circles. Binary thinking, right? There's God and creation. There's good and there's evil. There's male and female. There's the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And you see, that's what's behind politically correct or gender correct thinking today. No differences. And you can't say that there are real differences that are significant. So again, I encourage you to to see that. Um, Binary to binary thinking is a curse word to the LGBTQ movement. And we see that even in academia. Binary, binary is, is wrong. Binary is wrong. Binary is wrong. Why? Well, it's it's a, an old trick of Satan. You just determined that you're God. See? Psalm 8, okay, on the foundation of Genesis, shows us that what? The way of biblical anthropology. Isn't that a beautiful psalm? What's man that you're mindful of him? Why don't we just read that psalm, Okay. So again, you can see uh, David is struggling there with what? Man is magnificent, but he's minuscule. See those two things in Scripture. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouths of babes and infants. You have established strength because of your foes. There's God and his foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have set in place, what's man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Coming from Philly, I was born in Philly, raised in Philly, lived there. As a Boy Scout, I went out to Cimarron, New Mexico, to the scout ranch out there. There's a lot of stars up there. Can't see them in Philly. You know, because all the ambient light, you just, you get there. I can imagine David out there with the sheep kind of going, whoa, I'm really tiny. What, what, what am I? Okay. Yet you have made him a little lower than, the ESV says, heavenly beings, but that's Elohim in Hebrew. It can well be God. I think that's the correct translation. You've what? You've made man a little lower than God and crowned him with glory and honor. Why? Brothers and sisters, uh, I don't feel agree, but I don't think the angels are the image bearers of God. They think, they're rational, but they're not the image bearers of God. Jesus didn't die for angels. Actually, God asked that in Africa. Pastor said, Why can't Satan be saved? That's not your typical Sunday school question here in the United States. <laughs> a bunch of Pentecostal preachers. He said, why can't Satan be saved? No, no, man. I'm sweating. Oh, oh, oh. Because Jesus came to die for the seed of Abraham. Didn't come to die for angels. Didn't die for snail darters either. He died for his people. And Jesus, in getting the argument with the Jewish leaders, is you are of your father, the devil, because you seek to kill me. 
So, so this binary thinking is really important and you're not gonna crack the gender issues and confusion unless you come back to the fact you're an image bearer of God. Now there are people that are not gender confused but are confused on being an image bearer of God. Okay? Listen to the rest of the psalm. You've made him a little lower than God and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put him under uh, things under his feet, all sheep, oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the path of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is all your name in all the earth. Sure, we're small. People say, well, you know, elephants are big, right? But they're not image bearers of God. The point is we morally reflect the God we serve. So the second main point, you need to see all counseling as involving this issue of the image of God. Okay, turn to Psalm 115. It's very helpful in counseling and Matthew 6, which you're probably more familiar with. But, but let me read this. Uh, this is how God lays it out. You know, this is a, a psalm of praise to God. Not to us, O Jehovah, not to us, but to your name be, give, give glory. For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in the heaven. He does all that he pleases. Now, notice the contrast. That's the living God. Your God, if you're a believer. But then he says this. Their idols are silver and gold, the works of human hands. They have, what? Mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but do not smell. You getting the sense of it? They have hands, but they don't feel. Feet, but they do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throats. Now, here's the punchline for us. What's the next verse? Someone read it out. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. Chitta ching. See, that's it. Now, turn over to the New Testament, and you have the fuller version of that explanation in a classic passage on worry, Matthew chapter 6. Verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Does that happen? I had a, had a fellow seminarian, interesting guy, he grew up in a Corvette Stingray. Not, not too many people in the late 60s drove up to Westminster Seminary in Philadelphia in a stingray. So we got talking at one point. He said, you know, I had a safe with $30,000 worth of gold in it in my sister's house. Guess what? Someone stole the safe. He says, I have a new appreciation for this verse. Okay. Uh, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your what? I know you've probably used this a million times. But for where your treasure is, there will be your heart. Okay? The treasure is your God. Right? 
The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either will hate the one, love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Brothers and sisters, people are driven by their hearts. The inner person, right? The image bearer of God. And your heart is what? Treasure driven. So Jesus is saying it's like iron filings with a magnet. Wherever your God, that's where your inner life's going to be. Whether it's drugs, alcohol, money, sex, fill in the blank. Now, what's the irony? What does Psalm 115 say? Here's the circle. Maybe if I could diagram it, I'd have it up for you. Here's a human being, you and me, right? And we do what? We don't want to serve the living God. We want to serve who? Us. We're all like proverbial, moral Miss Piggies. <laughs> what? Every time I see her and think of her, I think of the woman of adultery in, in Proverbs, right? Wipes her mouth and goes, what, me, an adulteress? <laughs> Miss Piggy, okay? We're all moral Miss Piggies because we want to be right. But here's the irony. They that make them, what? Become like them. Okay? So this is why people who, who, who uh, even outwardly have some affection and kindness, uh, that there becomes more and more problems with people who will not accept their gender, or their identity in God. You are what you worship. Why? Man was created to be what? Prophet, priest, and king. We were created to what? Be priest and what? Worship God. It works in English. W's. Worship. We were developed to be kings and queens and to work and to be what? prophets and witness of the glory of God. And the person who does not accept his or her identity as an image bearer of God through Jesus Christ will become what? Dumb like the idol that he or she made. And where did that idol come from? Love Isaiah. You guys that are preachers, if you can't preach Isaiah, wrap it up. You can't preach, right? It preaches itself. I love that one. Don't they get it? There's a tree. Timber. Boom. Tree goes down. I run on the tree. I cut half of it and cook my supper over it. I carve the other half into an idol and I bow down and go, oh, daddy, oh, daddy, you made me. It's what I call the great duh passage. Isaiah, duh. Can't the idolater see how stupid it is that you cut the tree down, you made the idol, and you're going to worship it? But it's an ironic reversal. You do that, and you're going to become like the dumb, stupid idol that you invented. Now think about this. Uh, We'll take time, but just to give you illustrations. Why 
why is there so much, I'm not picking on anyone, sexual immorality in Hinduism? You ever studied the Hindu gods? Bunch of dirty old men and women. I'll tell you a long story, but I went to a play. It was perverse, a horrible thing, but got there. And in the midst of it, it was pushing transgender and everything else. I won't tell you how I got there. But the bottom line was, in the midst of it, the guy who's the, the lead, you know, Protagonist, a guy with androgynous, you know, external genitalia of male, female, you know, and he's trying to explain his existence. And it was really a pro LGBTQ, you know, propaganda. But in the middle of it, the light went on for me. You know why? Because up on the screen flashed what? A Hindu temple. You know what bas relief is? You know, stuff carved in stone? Bestiality. You become like the God that you create. Why do communists kill so many people? Pol Pot, millions and millions and millions of people. Because they're materialists. Why did Hitler do what he... You see what I'm saying? The God that you make shapes you. And all this is the background for what we're talking about in sexual identity, okay? So, uh, men and women what? must worship, right? Oh, Bob Dylan was right about something. I can tell you who that. Uh, Bob Dylan? My, sorry, my voice is not bad enough to be Bob Dylan, but <clears throat> gotta serve somebody. Remember that one? Gotta, maybe the devil or maybe the Lord, but you gotta serve somebody, right? He's got it. You're going to serve somebody, either the living God or your imagination. Now, Ephesians 2 uh, and Ephesians 4, the old man worships the creature, not the creator. And notice that I'll say, Romans 1. That's where, again, uh, Peter Jones's take truth exchange. They have exchanged the truth for a lie. So that's where he comes up for the title of his ministry. You, 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 the new man worships who? The living God. That's our hope, brothers and sisters, that we're becoming like Jesus, who is what? The only true human being. Think about that. I mentioned this in the plenary uh, before. Uh, What happens when you take 500,000 sinners and take the average? You get an average sinner. (laughs) We're being remade into the image of Jesus Christ, the only one who said, not my will be done, but yours. And went to the cross, abandoned for the first time in eternity. I can't understand that. The Father wouldn't talk to Jesus for the first time in eternity. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that you and I could not only be forgiven, but we could be made into the image of the Son of God. The new man worships the triune God of the Bible, the only true God. I mentioned in the first plenary, the furries. We had a kid on a retreat. He was wearing a, a, a fox hat and a fox tail. Well, I didn't talk to him as if he was a fox. <laughs> you know, the bottom line is he, that's what he really thought, who he was. Uh, the lion lady in Brazil, you probably haven't heard of her, 
Uh, but there's a lady who's well-known in Brazil. She thinks she's a lioness. She's getting what? Cosmetic sur surgery to change her face so she looks like a lion. There was some guy in Arizona that was going through uh, some of that too. Uh, now, it's really interesting, just as an aside, there's a significantly higher percentage of interest in homosexuality, bisexuality, and zoophilia, sex with animals, among furries. Step back, you know, if they can't realize they're a human, they're going to be confused across the board. It's way higher than in the general populace, uh, a same sample group from the general populace. And that's, uh, I've noted that uh, in some articles online. So, you need to see this as a subset of issue and the image of God. And thirdly, you can see that gender is but a subset of this image of God issue. Genesis 1, man is the image of God, both male and female. And again, not to be snarky, but he didn't create them, Adam and Steve. It was Adam and Eve. It wasn't Adam and a bunch of others. <laughs> it was Adam and Eve, one, okay? No multiple marriages, no uh, cross-gendered or anything. It was male and female. That's binary. There's not a bunch of other options. Genesis 5, when Adam knows his wife, has sexual relations, what happens? He has a son in whose likeness? His own likeness. Go back to the genealogy of Jesus. You know, go back to son of son of son. Backwards in Luke, goes backward. The son of Adam, the son of God. So man is the image bearer, and that's the key to this whole issue. Again, I'm saying Romans 5, 1 Corinthians 15, make it clear what? There's a first Adam, and there is a second Adam. You were talking about the being transferred from one kingdom to the other. Y'all are in first Adam, okay? I don't know what he was, okay? I'm told, I don't know what he spoke. What was that unified language before God confused it? My, my Hebrew professors are, swear it's got to be Hebrew, but I, I don't know. Probably some Semitic language, okay? But all of us come from the same pair that rebelled against God. So therefore, that first Adam and Eve, pre-fall, are the norm. Actually, we not only get to go back to the garden, we get to go beyond because when we get into paradise, brothers and sisters, we can eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. By the way, it wasn't something that they lacked. Right? Get that out of your head. They were kind of dumb. Prehominems or something like that. They needed the tree. No, 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 no. They knew right from wrong, right? They did. Why? Because they talked to God. I'm sure the day that God said to Adam and Eve, you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And you know what Adam had to say. What's that? And at least God said, don't want to go there. I'm sure he probably gave more details than that, but he, he said, you don't want to go there. So they knew right from wrong. The point was, it was experiential. Now they've experienced uh, the good and evil. So anything else is a sinful degeneration from that created norm of Adam and Eve. Gender, sexuality are part of the image of God and impacted by sin. So conclusion, 
you must not be deceived by this pagan worldview that is running around in America over Europe and almost all the world. Eastern thought, which blurs the created distinction. No male nor female, okay? No whatever, okay? Again, we can go to that passage that people misexegete in, in Galatians. There's neither male nor female. Well, guess what? We're still male or female, right? I didn't become sexless when I became a Christian, Right? You didn't stop being Afro-American. I didn't stop being a town. I didn't ask to be, but that's, that's the way it is. Some things don't change. But here's the interesting thing. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, and such what? Were some of you. Now, what put that in past tense? And homosexuality is included in that. It's what? You were washed. You were justified. You were set apart through the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, that's the key. Homosexuality or sexual identity is a genetic issue. I know there's some abnormalities because of the fall, but bottom line is no matter what your external genitalia is, you are male or female on the cellular level. Your chromosomes are male or female. Yeah, there's some abnormalities, extra chromosomes. But the bottom line is those are the two categories, and um, that's the reality. So all of this is reflected in the basics uh, that you get in your biblical counseling. So you say, I, I don't know what to do with somebody that's gender confused. Well, it depends on the individual. And everything you've learned about, you've got to be gentle with everyone, but what? People need different counseling. They all need Jesus, but What? Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, what? Somebody's unruly or undisciplined, what do you do to them? Admonish them. If they're fearful, faint-hearted, what do you do? Encourage them. You can do this by God's grace. Okay, and the weak, what do you do with them? You just haul them across the line. He says, be gentle with all of them. Okay? So, so, again, your regular counseling that goes through this, who are you? Okay? There's an article, you can find it online, from an old journal called Biblical Ethics in um, Medicine, Volume 4.2. I wrote an article, uh, The Biblical Ethics of Transsexual Operations. Um, sexuality and gender, these are in your notes. Findings from the biological, psychological, and social sciences. Okay? That's the name of an article that was in the 2016, the New Atlantis, a journal of technology and science. It's not a Christian journal, but it's interesting. There's a special report, number 50, fall of 2016. Lawrence S. Mayer, uh, who's got an MB uh, and master's in biology, master of science, and a PhD, and Paul McHugh, MD, who's a psychiatrist. The whole article is very insightful. It's interesting. But the executive summary gives this overview. And what do they say? They're pro-LGBTQ. They're not Christians. They're pro-LGBTQ. But what they have to say is, we have got to report honestly what science has proven. Now, science doesn't prove anything, as I said earlier, but it does make some observations. You know what they said? The politically correct gender talk falls apart under scientific scrutiny. 
90 people who are teens that go through you know, sex change operations go back to their biological identity uh, by the time they're uh, 30. He says, the facts do not bear out that this does. And he says it actually becomes abusive to have young children and encourage them to go through sex change operations. This politically correct thinking of the culture. Now, interesting is non-Christians, they say there are people who know this, who've studied this, and are afraid to say anything in academic circles because they'll lose their job or their credibility. Again, I, I shouldn't mention other things. It's like global warming. Every time you hear someone say something like, all scientists, he just go, ding, it's wrong. Whatever, whoever says all scientists say, or the, the, the majority of scientists say, okay, uh, you, you need to push back at that, okay? They even report the danger of their findings in that scientific community. So what I'm saying is there's biblical direction, and it's simpler than it seems, which is who made you? We have a little children's catechism, which is who made you? God. What else did God make? All things. Why did he make all th- you and all things? For his own glory. Okay? How do you glorify God? By loving him and doing what he commands. It goes through. It's real, sh- real short. Okay? It's good for little kids. Um, actually, family worship can be a fun time. We had one where we're teaching one of our kids, I'll protect the guilty. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and the question and answer is, where's God? And the answer is? Everywhere. See, you didn't even have to know the cabinet. Everywhere. My son's, oh, stairs, said, in the shower. Yes, that's, that's true. God is in the shower, but he's everywhere else too, okay? He's everywhere. Or the, the, the funniest one I have to share is, uh, uh, asked the kids at one point, that was reading through the Old Testament, said, what's an abomination? You know? What do you think? God says, that's an abomination. <clears throat> one kid this and that. I don't know, I don't know. And one, one of the kids piped up. I think it's a fart. <laughs> but that time we ended family worship because the older kids were on the floor and there's no recouping after that. <laughs> but the word of God does have the answers. Only that can correct that false ideas in the scripture. Okay. The bottom line is, if someone comes in as gender confused, now, uh, we don't have time to go in it, but Joe can teach and others here at BCI. What's the difference between an antagonistic person and a confused person? See, see that's really different. Remember the young man I told you, I met on the plane halfway to, to uh, uh, South Dakota, who had gone to that gay Christians conference. We'll talk more about that in the, in the next plenary. And, and I said to him, uh, <clears throat> You know, uh, as a Christian, you know I can't approve of what you're doing. Just to let you know, you're welcome to stay with us at our home if you ever come back to Pittsburgh. I said, I'm not afraid of you or whatever, but you got to explain to me how you guys are switching the argument now. It used to be biological, now it's psychological. I said, I'm, I'm thoroughly confused. I'm getting old and you got to help me. And he didn't have an answer because uh, they don't know what to do. So anyway, to wrap up real quickly, because I see the ladies are, are hanging around the door which means my wife is almost done. She'll be in here soon, so I better end. <clears throat> okay. Uh, by the way, it's the best thing in the world that ever happened to me other than getting saved was my wife, okay? When you train your wife in biblical counseling, it's wonderful. Dude, go watch this. You, you train her, and she's like a heat-seeking missile. 
I can't shake her off my tail because she knows every Bible verse that I misuse and every excuse why I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, you know. So it got to the point once in my life where sinful anger, my wife says, look, you do me a favor. She says, you're going you're to be really depressed by this tonight and you'll be depressed for three days. Would you save us three days of misery and repent now? <laughs> So, so we did get this signal. Uh, can I see you in the other room? That, that was the signal. Okay, we need to go pray. Okay, so uh, bottom line is, okay, where did I get to that from anyway? Uh, back, to, back, to the, back to the Bible, back to uh, the scriptures. You need to live in counsel out of these realities, whether it's this or a cutter or somebody that's doing drugs. I mean, it's a subset of the same thing. I don't want to be who God wants me to be. And even for the Christian, now they have a new identity, but they've got to, they've got to leave the old. Okay? You need to hold this for yourself and, and for your children and for your churches and for the people that you see. The gospel works here. The gospel works here. Repentance and faith are the door in the person and work of Jesus Christ. I knew a couple, uh, the one was an American woman who became a man, legally went through the whole thing, showed me a picture of her when she was you know, like, whoa, I'm jealous of that beard. I have no, you know, like, she had a beard like, it, you know, like a caveman's beard. I mean, she was, it was incredible. You know, I would have never guessed that that was a woman. She got converted and her wife got converted. Of course, they stopped living together as, you know, and, uh, and you know, I won't even tell you to tell you who the guilty are. Biblical counseling service. Nobody knew what to do with them. This was years ago, right? <clears throat> and, uh, well, I don't know. She was the woman who became a man, you know, well, became a man. She, she wanted to go to seminary, <laughs> become a minister, and went to an evangelical seminary. Uh, and I don't know where it was, probably out in the West somewhere. And, uh, and one of the professors, I don't know, this doesn't seem quite right. <clears throat> Nobody could figure out what to do except a little pastor, my denomination, and she met him and goes, God made you a woman? If you're repentant, you got to be a woman. And she goes, yeah, that makes sense. She went through the operation change, and she was living as a woman. The bottom line is repentance and faith are the door and the person work of Jesus Christ through which the transsexual needs to enter the kingdom and he or she who has tried to deface the image of God. There was a guy, Desmond, uh, uh, Desmond Perry, Pentecostal preacher. He called himself a eunuch for the Lord. He was dressed up as a, a woman, uh, or I should say as a little girl by his mother. That got his identity. He started cross-dressing, actually went through a sex change operation, became a drag queen, you know, and uh, got converted. <laughs> became a Pentecostal street preacher, died in his early 40s of complications. But he used to call himself a eunuch for the Lord. You know, some things don't come back. The bottom line was, there's repentance. He or she who has tried to deface the image of God with chemical and surgical graffiti needs to become the image of Christ through his or her gender. And brothers and sisters, that's our problem too. We need to reflect Jesus Christ. You need wisdom to apply these to real people, uh, gentleness, kindness, uh, counseling and discipleship and evangelism. Remember 2 Timothy 2, 22 and following. The man of God must be gentle, able to exhort those that contradict. So perhaps what? 
God may give them the repentance. Okay, let's pray. Father, uh, life is tough and life is complicated enough that we don't have to make it more complicated. Lord, ever since the garden, we've been trying to make ourselves into the image of what we're not. We want to become the image of God. We don't want to be the image of bearers of God. We want to become God. And so, Lord God, that means we have to deface you or the truth. So, Lord, help us to see through the gender blending and confusion Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ's wisdom and grace to us. Strengthen us then uh, to that end, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.